Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. All right, let's turn in our Bibles to Galatians chapter number 2. Galatians chapter number 2. Felix Manns, a single man in his early 20s, was intent on knowing God and doing His will. He joined himself with others at the feet of Zwigli in Zurich, Switzerland in the 1520s to learn what the Bible taught. That's a long, long time ago. In 1525, it became apparent that Zwigli was more loyal to the local government than to the Bible. So Felix, along with men like Conrad Grebel and George Blalrock, met at Felix's mother's house to pray and discuss God's will. They concluded that since the Bible taught baptism by immersion, they should be baptized. Felix took the step of faith because he wanted to be faithful. Since he didn't hide the fact of his rebaptism, but promoted baptism by immersion as an outward testimony of his conversion, the Swiss authorities arrested and imprisoned him. Amazingly, he escaped and faithfully kept testifying of Jesus Christ, urging people to repent of their sins and go the way of the cross. Several times he was arrested along with other brothers and sisters and put into prison and given a diet of bread and water. Again and again he escaped from prison, but kept preaching salvation through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now I'll tell you what happened to him at the end of the message. Galatians chapter number 2, we are in verse number Let's read. Starting at verse number 3, But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the Gospel might continue with you. Let's bow. We'll pray before we get into it. Heavenly Father, thank You we can all be gathered here this morning. Help me to give Your truth the way You would have it be presented, the right way, with the right attitude, so that your saints would be edified and we can all be better because of it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Okay, so in verse number 3, we're going to go and cover three verses of Scripture this morning. Look at verse 3. Paul makes no attempt to, conv- to compel or try to convince Titus to be circumcised at all. Why not? Well, look at verse five, 4 and 5. And that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privily to spy on our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, 
that they might bring us into bondage. You don't want to bring Titus into bondage by convincing him or compelling him that he needs to add something to his salvation. Well, doesn't everybody know that? Doesn't everybody know that, yeah, all you have to do is trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. You don't have to be circumcised. Well, everybody doesn't know that. Look at today. Well, if you're not in water, then you ain't right. <laughs> if you don't go to church every, sun, every Sunday, you couldn't be right. If you don't do all of these things, you couldn't possibly be saved. God couldn't possibly want you. I'm telling you, nowadays, we're not making a big deal about circumcision for salvation, but there's a lot of people in a lot of areas, in a lot of sects, that make a big deal about adding something else to the finished work of Jesus Christ. He finished that work, folks. Should we? It's a Baptist church, right? I mean, that can mean a lot of things nowadays, but should we get baptized? It's a loaded question. We need to be careful. For salvation, no. <laughs> to, show, and to show people outwardly what it wasn't possible for them to see what happened inwardly, yes, we should. But it doesn't stake our claim in being with Jesus Christ. He Paid it all. Ah, but here's another question. Well, if Paul is not circumcising Titus, why did he circumcise Timothy? Let's try to figure that one out. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Because you got to remember, uh, in Galatians now, these legalizers are making a big deal about, look, you have to be circumcised. You have to keep law. So why did he circumcise Timothy? Acts chapter 16, look at verse 3. Acts 16, verse number 3. Him would Paul, him being Timothy, have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. So Timotheus, or Timmy, Timothy, his mom was a Jew, and his dad was a Greek. And Paul here is circumcising him. But it was not, here's the, here's the deal, it was not an issue of, it was demanded and imposed upon him, and now Paul's trying to get him to keep the law concerning salvation. Timothy exercised his liberty. He decided, rather than put a stumbling block in front of the Jews, he would exercise his liberty in Christ and go along with what that custom was. So it's not an issue of, well, there's an error in the Bible. Paul circumcised Timothy, but he's not doing it for Titus. There isn't an error. There's no contradiction. The issue is different. What we're dealing with in Acts 3 is an issue of liberty. What we're dealing in, in Galatians is now with Titus. 
he has no interest in compelling him because the work of the gospel is at stake. Paul's not being inconsistent at all. With Titus, they're demanding it for salvation. With Timothy, it was not demanded for salvation. It was voluntary on his part, following in the usual customs of the Jews, and that's all he's doing, is he's just following the custom. Paul would have circumcised Titus if the circumstances were the same. But we're dealing with context and circumstances that were different. Now, in Galatians, what are we dealing with? It's the issue of Jews forcing and imposing the law on Christians for salvations. They, de- they demand it. In other words, they're saying this. In order for you to be saved, in order for me to be saved, I have to be circumcised. Which kind of is a strange doctrine if you think about it, because where does that leave women? <laughs> With these people that say that baptism now, you have to be baptized in order to be saved because it's the New Testament circumcision. Again, where does that leave women? <laughs> doesn't even make sense. But, not only to be saved, but to keep your salvation. We believe that when Jesus saved you, He is powerful enough to keep you. The same way that you can't earn your salvation, now that Christ's cross work paid for it and you are receiving that free gift, how do you expect to keep it? (laughs) If you couldn't earn it to begin with, there's no way you can keep it. There's no way. Jesus paid it all. Galatians chapter 2, verse 4. Let's get back there. He says, But neither Titus, who was with me being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised, verse 4, and that because of false brethren unawares brought in, What's a false brother? A false brethren. They're counterfeits. They are not true. In the New Testament, here's what you have that you need to watch out for that's false. In 2 Peter 2, we've got false prophets and we've got false teachers. Here's what they do privately. They bring in damnable heresies. In Galatians, what are we doing? What are we dealing with? False brethren. And what are they doing? Coming in privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus. you got false prophets and false teachers do the same thing. All of this false stuff, a lot of it's done in private. Now watch, in 2 Timothy 3, you know what else you have in the New Testament? You have false accusers. You know what they have? A form of godliness, but denying the power thereof of God. False prophets and teachers, everything's in private. These false brethren are doing it in private, trying to steal liberty. Uh, False apostles or false accusers, it's this form. It kind of looks good on the outside, but the thing falls apart. You got to be careful of this. And then you have false apostles in 2 Corinthians 11. You know what they do? 
they transform themselves. All this false stuff that we're dealing with now in these last days, all this false stuff, all this counterfeit stuff, privately, it's a form, it's transformed into something, but it really isn't that. Then you have false witnesses. You mean you get your Jehovah's false witnesses, but false witnesses that you have in Matthew 15, you got to wash your hands to be clean. That's the issue they're dealing with. Did you say you got to, if you want to be clean, you got to wash your hands? Everything is physical. But with Jesus Christ, with God, with spiritual things, or with, it, these are spiritual things. They're not physical things. We're dealing in a spiritual realm. It's what proceeds out of your heart that defiles you and defiles me. It is not, I didn't take a bath for a week. <laughs> Please take a bath. But it isn't going to make you right before God. <laughs> it's your heart. It's your heart. Matthew 24, you have false Christ. What's going to happen? It's going to be great signs. It's going to be great wonders. What you can see, and it's going to deceive, deceive, deception. And now we come to where we're at in Galatians 2. We have false brethren. They're going to sneak in privately to spy out liberty. This is what they want to do. Put you back in bondage. Put me back in bondage. God could never save somebody like you. Brother Kelly touched on this this morning. An excellent, excellent Sunday school message. God couldn't. Come on. But he can. And now that we're saved, we have liberty in Christ. We're not bound by laws and rules. Now, I want to be careful because I want you to stay with me. Get Acts 15, and we're going to talk about there's three types of leaders right now in Jerusalem that we're talking about. I guess you can call them, we'll, we'll call them type A leaders. But get Acts 15. In one hand. And in Galatians, what are we dealing with? We, we've got the false brethren. Now these false brethren, these are the ones that have claimed to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but they have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. What do we got? Jehovah's Witnesses. Church of Christ. I... It, I've known people that go up in Church of Christ. They don't believe that they don't believe the doctrine. I'm not saying somebody can't be saved there, but I'm saying their doctrine, you have to do water baptism and endure to the end in order to be saved and keep your salvation. Which kind of right there proves that water never saved you to begin with, because you got to keep it. <laughs> but uh Seventh-day Adventists. They jumped on the Facebook um, thing that we had. Uh, we're inviting them to their church. And it's the only true church. So every Baptist church, every non-denominational church, every Reformed church, every uh, Southern Baptist, Independent Baptist, all, every church that at least can get the gospel right. <laughs> I may have missed a few. Calvary Chapel. All these different churches... We're all wrong, according to Seventh-day Adventists. 
Well, because Ellen White had a thing and that, you know, if we, right now we're worshiping on Sunday. That's the mark of the beast. So they don't want you worshiping on Sunday. You're supposed to worship on Saturday. But they're not supposed to work on Saturday, but they on the internet. But anyway, these are false, meaning we need to witness to them. Roman Catholic, that's how I was brought up. They believe you need to pray to Mary. She's the mediatrix. Keep your sacraments. It's completely works-based. Mormons. The throat-cutting religion of so-called peace. The Muslims. All of these are false, counterfeit religions. They're false. And we need to present to them the gospel. Now, we don't call them names. We don't jeer them and make fun of them. We ask them tough questions. We open the Bible and we sincerely try to give them the truth of the gospel. That's one. We got the false brethren we got in Jerusalem. Now what else we got? Acts 15, look at this. Acts 15, verse number 5, look what it says. Acts 15, verse 5. And when they were come to Jerusalem, oh, verse 4, I'll read that, back up one verse, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. Now watch verse 5. Here's the second group of leaders in Jerusalem. But there rose up, and here it is, certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed. These are believers. These are Pharisees. They've believed. But watch, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to keep and to command them to keep the law of Moses. What's the problem here? These are believers, but they got mixed up and they got confused. And now they're trying to teach you got to be circumcised now. Has that ever happened to you? If you think back to when you got saved, when you've repented of what you've been trusting in and put your faith in what Jesus did for you, and then at that point you had everything figured out. Nope, either did I. <laughs> How many times have you changed your mind? I mean, you got to get saved again? No, you were confused. You were mixed up. You didn't understand it right. Are we all growing in grace? That's what I say all the time. Look, don't look to me. I don't have all the answers. I believe a book that has all the answers. And I'm going to do my best to point you to the book. And what I, what I read from you from the Bible, that's God's Word. When I make comment and I preach, it's not God's Word. I'm trying to comment the best I can to give you God's Word so you can obey it, you can read it, you can believe it, and you can live by it. But I'm not the authority. I've got no authority. Jesus Christ is the authority and His Word is. You know what the problem is nowadays? We don't have churches saying you need to be circumcised. At least in this group. We talk about this group of this certain sect of, the, a sect of Pharisees which believed. Believers. You don't have to get baptized. You don't have to be circumcised to be saved. You don't Look, you don't have to do good works to be saved. None of that. You know what their problem is? Their problem is, now that you're a Christian, 
Well, just do whatever you want. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're saved. Just do whatever you want. And about the only thing they're against is a preacher that's got a King James Bible, holds to conservative music, and doesn't bring in a, bring light, a big light show, holds to conservative dress standards, and preaches hard against alcohol. <laughs> that's about the only thing they're against. Everything else they just have at it. Am I saying they're not saved and born again? I am not saying that at all. They're born again. If they've trusted in what Jesus did, they are saved. And we're going to look at some liberty in a minute here. But that's the second group. First group's false brethren. They need to be evangelized too. Second group, you have believers, certain sects Pharisees which believe. They're believers, they're just confused. They got something wrong. Weren't we in the first group at one point? And then Jesus came. Praise his name. Think back when you were in that group. The false group. Think back to where you were headed. Think back to who your friends were. Think back to who you were getting advice from. Okay, well, we all need to stop that. We don't we want to go back there. But we were there. We were part of that group at one time. Now, the, now this certain sect, the Pharisees, which believed. Think back when you got saved. You thought one thing. Then you learned a little bit more from the Bible. And then you changed your position. It happens to us all the time. Happens to us all the time. We're as much as counterfeits as we are able to pick out other people that are counterfeits, aren't we? We all need to be careful of this. All right, now we have Paul and the apostles, which is the third group. Paul's just going after it. They want, he wants people to know Jesus Christ. And that's the group we want to be in now. We want to be like Paul. We want to be like the apostles. Amen. Okay. If you're with me, say amen. 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 All right, good. Boys, make sure you're awake here. Uh, look at the entry plan. Verse number four, and that because of false brethren unawares brought in, here's the entry plan, who came in privily, to spy out our liberty, it's unexpectedly. It just kind of jumped on them. Um, turn over to 2 Peter. Kelly was in 1 Peter. Or, I'm sorry, he was in the first chapter of 2 Peter. But go, go over to 2 Peter. And get chapter 2. And I want you to look at verse number 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who shall privily, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, that bought them, and bring unto themselves swift destruction. How did we end up? how we are today. A refusal from preachers to preach the Word. A refusal. The 1940s are over. 
the 1950s are over. Roloff's home with the Lord. John R. Rice is gone. You go ahead and name all the great heroes. 50s and 60s. and it, They're gone! And those days are gone. Can we bring them back? No. Can a revival still be lit in the hearts of Christian people? Yes. But you can't revive something that's dead. You've got to have a little spark of life. There's got to be something under there. There's got to be a little spark to create a flame. And there's got to be a flame to create a wildfire. Is the thing completely dead? It's not. Because Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. People say, all the church is full of hypocrites. That doesn't stop them from going to the Golden Corral. That doesn't stop them from going to work. Doesn't stop them from going to Walmart. Everybody goes to places every day where there's hypocrites. But when it comes to the church, they don't apply the same philosophy. We're all hypocrites. We all have something wrong with our life. Well, I'm not going to have dinner with my kids because my kids are hypocrites. Okay, well, he's going to say the same. Your boy's going to say the same thing to you. I'm not having dinner with mom and dad because they're hypocrites. Yep, your parents are hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Yep. How do you think Jesus felt? <laughs> well, my parents are just hypocrites. I mean, he's God. Imagine trying to parent Jesus. You're at the PTA and, uh, yeah, yeah, my kid never did anything wrong. <laughs> All the other kids must have just felt, well, I mean, you know, they were all killed. I mean, imagine that the whole thing there with that element too. And Jesus spent his life being brought up under the authority of hypocrites. Let's try to be like Jesus. We got ourselves in this mess because preachers are scared to death to preach against sin against li liquor. They're afraid to preach right living because they're going to lose people. I don't want to lose people. Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. I don't want to lose people. I want to love God. I want to love His Word. I want you to love God and I want you to love His Word. If we can rally around God's Word, and if we can be okay with being offended by God's Word. Not a preacher that calls you names and is mean-spirited and has got... No, I'm, I'm not talking about that. Those guys are jokesters. And I'm not talking... Don't just say because you got some happy, slappy guy with a slick haircut, ripped jeans, and a cool laptop, and all the rest of the stuff. I'm saying stay because your preacher don't have all the answers and can be hypocritical at times, but at least he tells me about God's Word. And I'm saying stay, because the church members don't agree with the preacher all the time, but at least they're trying to get into God's Word and study it for themselves. You can say the same thing about me that I can say about you. I got to meet with some preachers another week and a half, and I'm thankful that I'm invited, and thankful to be with them. And we can all sit around a table, and we can all complain about how hypocritical our church members are. Or we can get into the Bible, we can seek God, we can pray, we can ask God to do a work in the hearts of ourselves and and and, and the folks that God has blessed us to be with. And you can do the same thing. You can take the kids to the Golden Corral and sit around and talk about how 
all the points that you disagreed with the preacher with. Or you can say, you know, just praise God, at least there's one or two guys that will stand hard and fast against all this Hollywood junk. It's getting our minds wrapped around who we're wrapping ourselves around. It's Christ. Christ. You have liberty to do that, by the way. I got a lot of notes. I just I'll start moving along now. <laughs> All right, now, what's their purpose? Okay, their purpose in verse number four, look. To spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus. All right, I want to calm down a bit. I want you to get, re, get your mind retracted. Get Galatians 5. I want you to get Romans 6. To spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus. I am free from franchised religion. You are free from franchised religion. This church family is not going to be about franchised religion. It's going to be about Jesus Christ is the authority. His word is preeminent. And we're going to preach this. And we're going to love each other in spite of ourselves. In spite of each other, right? You spend any amount of time with the same person over and over and over again, you're going to wear each other out. That's just how relationships work. Well, how come my husband's fussing with me? Well, because you live with him. How come my wife's fussing? Because you live with her. <laughs> how come my kid? It's the same thing. That's why people need breaks. This is why, you know, you get preaching, then you go home, you don't have to deal with me for another six days. <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? Oh, okay. Look at Galatians 5.1. We're free from franchise religion. Stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ had made us free and not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Please, don't go back to the yoke of bondage. Whatever that sin was, whatever that lifestyle was, Whatever that law-keeping was, don't go back. Now go all the way down to verse 13. Check this out. What's the liberty to be used for? Look at it. It's right here in the Bible. What's the liberty for? Verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Liberty is to be used for loving and serving and a life of holiness one to another. That's what it's free for. God redeemed you and I from the curse of the law. It's a redemption unto what? It's a redemption unto holiness. To live a righteous life. To live a holy life. The Holy Spirit that is indwelt in you and is indwelt with me is not telling us to live after the flesh. What is it telling us to live after? The Spirit. The Spirit. Now get Romans 6. I am free. If you are saved, you are free. You don't have to be controlled by your sin nature. Let's read some verses. Romans chapter 6. 
Everybody have that? We're going to be in verse number 11. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. That's why we preach against sin. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's our living Savior. Verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. You don't obey the lust of your flesh. Number 13, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. How do you live your life? Righteously. We can't be closet Christians. We can't be isolated Christians. We can't join the Amish and go out and live in the woods in Indiana and just be isolated from everybody. We must serve. And we must tell others about Jesus. We're called to live a righteous life. Verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over ye, you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin? And then God says, well, yeah, of course. Go ahead. I just saved you by my grace. But He doesn't say that. Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. Kids being raised right. Kids being taught right. And then at 18, they just go out and they just dive headfirst in the world. God forbid. What mom wants that? What dad wants that? What grandpa wants that? God forbid. Verse 16, Know ye not that whom you yield your servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You got two thoroughbreds. Same stock, same bloodline, same training, same racetrack, same weight of the jockey. Who's going to win? The one that you feed better. Everything's the same. You got two kids that are brought up in the same house, under the same rules, in the same city, under the same circumstances. Which one's going to live for God? The one whose heart has been fed with the Word of God. Not whose head, whose heart. What are we feeding? What are we feeding ourselves? Whatever we feed is going to win. But th God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you've obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Now watch verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Serve what's right, please. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your membered servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Now this is great. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. What fruit? Do you know what cast us into this mess? 
Adam and Eve messing with fruit. They took a piece of fruit and ate it and they were told not to. And you know what happened? They were ashamed because they were hidden. They realized they were naked. And God says here, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. The fruit of our living now as Christians should be righteousness and holiness. And we're not ashamed of the gospel. But now being made free from sin, become servants to God. Watch it again. Ye have your fruit unto, what, what, what is it? What is it? What is it? Unto holiness. In the end, everlasting life. We're winding down, just so you know. We've started the initial descent. We have liberty in Christ to do what we want to do. Next Sunday, you can go to the Jighead Bar and you can order a beer if you want. If you want, God is not going to swallow you up in the earth if that's what you want to do. Or you can go down there and have gospel tracts ready and hold a scripture sign and you can tell somebody about Jesus and give them some living water. If you want. If you want. You are going to do what you want to do. And I am going to do what I want to do. And I want everybody to serve Christ. Live a life of righteousness and holiness. And not be distracted by all of this worldliness. Unawares, Galatians chapter number 2. Unawares brought in who came in privately. Now, what's the, we, we talked about their purpose. Now, what's their goal? Pretty self-explanatory. They want to bring you into bondage. That's how it's going to end up, bondage. You go back, you're in bondage. You buy into this. That's what Paul is trying to remind these folks. You buy into this, you guys are going right back into slavery. You're going right back into bondage. People say, well, Christians can't do anything. They have all these rules, all these... We don't. We can do what we want to do the same way you can do what you want to do. And a lost teacher, a lost student on a, on a Friday night, guess what he's going to do? What he wants. Christian boys, Christian girls, what do you want to do? I want to live for God. I have liberty to do so. The game is the same. Get people to make Christianity into a do and don't system. Those are the fakers. Those are the counterfeits. If you ask me a question, God helping me, I won't say to you, this is what you have to do. This is what you must do or else. Oh boy, if you don't do this, you're just sunk. If you do this, oh yeah, it'll, it'll just work it out perfect and it'll just end up great. Because I don't know. And I'm not going to tell anybody to do anything. I'm going to preach the Bible. And I'm going to say, well, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says you have liberty to live unto holiness and live unto righteousness. 
Well, we're all adult. Well, I mean, the kids you got to have rules for, because if not, they'll take over the church real quick. So you got to have rules for them. But we're all adults. We'll do what we want to do. We have to want to love God. All right. This counterfeit stuff, do's and don'ts, and you make it into a system, you franchise this religion, I'm 100% all the time going to oppose that because that is not what God wants. He does not want franchised religion. Oh, you do this, you're right. You don't do this, you ain't right. You wear blue jeans, you ain't right. You wear... Maybe that's the only pair the kids got. We got to be careful of making things about do's and don'ts. Does God expect things from you? He expects things from me. Is He going to force me to do it? No. Do you have expectations for your children? Your grandchildren? You do. When they become an adult, they're going to make their own decisions, do what they want to do. We want to get people trained to know the Bible so they can live by it on their own, read the Bible, understand it, and live it and apply it to their own life. You don't need me. You need God. I don't need me. I need God. I don't need you. I need God. But we kind of do need each other. How can it be both? Kelly said this morning, you know, if you go out and stand in traffic, don't expect to not get hit by a car. You stand out there long enough. Well, if I go out there now and I get hit by a car and die, the church is going to go on. So in that sense, you don't need me. But people do need a preacher. They need somebody to give them God's Word, right? We see that. God, the church, pastors, teaches all that, right? Same with you. But I need you. But I don't. You need me, but you don't. We need to love one another. We need to serve one another. But the church, not the church house, the church, this living organism, it's bigger than you and it's bigger than me and it's bigger than us. We can't, I'm, I'm only saying we don't need each other on that bigger picture. We do need one another, but I hope you get my point. Now let's finish. Let's finish. Ah, okay. Huh. A journey back to Felix Manns. Felix Manns, imprisoned, escaped numerous times. After about two years, they called them Anabaptists. They really started calling themselves just brethren. They're just brothers and sisters in Christ. But they called them the Anabaptists, the rebaptizers. You know, those real evil people that didn't want to take the baby sprinkling and they went and put themselves immersed in water. God forbid. That's, that's franchise religion for you. But anyway, he received the death sentence. Man shall be delivered to the executioner who shall tie his hands, put him into a boat, take him to the lower hut, there strip his bound hands down over his knees, put a stick between his knees and arms, and thus push him into the water and let him perish in the water. And as he was taken through the streets of Zorich to the Limat River, he praised God with a loud voice. He cheerfully testified to the people that he was going to die for truth. 
He was placed in a boat near the fish market at three o'clock in the afternoon. And he heard his mother's voice on the shore calling, Be faithful, Felix! Like Stephen, he prayed, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And he died. He, they say he was one of the first Anabaptists or these rebaptizers to be put to death. For truth. Be faithful. I want to be faithful. None of us are going down to Cane Creek and have to witness someone being drowned by order of decree for their belief. We have freedom in America to tell people about Jesus. We got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we come in on Sunday to get revived and refreshed so we can get out there and we can fight for truth. What's our purpose? The last part of Galatians chapter 2 Look what it says, to whom we give place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. He was 100% committed, no submission, no, not for an hour. I mean, prompt, immediate response. We need a team of doctrinal defenders. That's why we need you. We need you to want to win Christ. We want you to use what the Lord has given you in your life so that He can use you and I to be a vessel to build His truth. What's our purpose? that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. God, the gospel is pure. No admixture of law, no admixture of works, no admixture of any type of doctrinal error. If Paul and his team failed, the truth of the gospel would have suffered. The gospel is not to be messed with, but it is threatened. We must preach the gospel. And we won't fail. We can win if we stay true to a simple plan of salvation. Not adding circumcision or any type of counterfeit junk. And I would ask you to pray about these matters this week. Would you bow with me please? Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. I do hope it made sense. I do hope it was edifying to Your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.